Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. We have got ourselves a fabulous guest named Marie, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in one second, but know that we are really going to get into some valuable nuggets and lessons around making plans, sticking to plans, creating systems in your life, really getting organized so that you can make big changes, whether they're around food or how you show up to your kids or how you get your work done. This woman is full of amazing ideas. But before we dive in, and before I tell you a little bit more about her official bio, I have two things that I want to share with you. The first one is I am just coming off this amazing four-day experience with Sarah Jenks. You guys need to look her up. You need to follow her on Instagram. She runs a program called Live More, Way Less, though her work is definitely shifting. She's going to be doing a lot of live retreats. And I feel very lucky to be what she calls her food doula. So for the four days of her retreat, I got to serve 30 women amazing, clean, gluten-free, dairy-free food that helped their transformation. These ladies were all there to sort of figure out their next step, really feel at home in their bodies and in their souls. And the energy in this room was just out of control. It was just amazing to watch these women sort of flourish over the course of this three-day period. And I got to see them at every meal. I got to answer their questions. I got to feed people in a way that they felt safe about what they were going to get. One of my big hangups is I can't eat gluten or dairy. And it's hard. It's hard when you go out into the world and you don't want to eat something and you're not sure what you're actually getting because you're not sure the person serving you the food really understands why you can't have something or why you want something a certain way. So it was really just an amazing experience to watch how the food can make a difference for 30 people at the same exact time. And so it just really reinvigorated in me how important the food is, which I know, I know how important the food is, but because it's just become such a part of my life, sometimes I forget how powerful it can be to you listening or somebody in your life who doesn't know yet. And it just it just lit up in me this desire to make sure that whatever I can do to help, whatever I can do to make it easier for you, um, make it feel more manageable, to really eat the food that serves your body, um, that makes you feel good, that gives you energy, that allows you to sleep better at night, maybe drop pounds that you don't want, but I don't think that that's the point. Get sick less. So many things, so so much power that food has. It's unbelievable. And sometimes 
sometimes I think that we don't realize the power and because we haven't grown up with it as this medicinal thing, or at least I didn't. And so it's so easy to say, well, I'm just going to have this thing now because I can change tomorrow. And though it's true, it's a practice and we can show up each day. It has such power that I think it's really worth putting the time and energy to doing it right. And so that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing what I do. So listen, um, open emails from us. Make sure you're getting emails from us. I try to make them manageable. I try to make them bite-sized. Much of what I share is free. Every once in a while, I have deeper dives that cost money. And right now, which leads me to my second announcement, I have the flow planner. I have this planner that I have created. Flow stands for food, life, um, and work. And it it helps you to really think through the food, what you want in your life. The OM is sort of like the downtime, the spiritual practice, um, the self-care, and work. And it helps you put all those things down in one place, kind of like workbook style, and then get them into a calendar format. So in a day, you can actually fit in the things that you want to fit in, including the food. So I'm super excited about everything in this planner. People in my program have been using the bits and pieces as sort of worksheets for a couple years now, but now it's in one 90-day book that really gets you meeting your goals and whether it's actually a food goal you have or a life goal or a work goal, no matter what, the food is going to support you to get there and it gives you the space to do that and sort of the direction to do that. So go get yours. It's on pre-sale right now on Kickstarter. I'm trying to reach a goal. Um, we're not quite there yet, but I know we're going to get there. But the more people who can go grab their copies now, this week, the better, because then I know what gap I have to fill. I have to know how much more I have to go out there. But I'm sure that just in our audience alone, there are people who this is really going to serve because you guys have been asking it this from me for a while. So you can go on for a dollar, you can get the PDF. Uh, for 24, you get the actual book, which is kind of like moleskin quality. It's beautiful. Um, it's a 90 day stretch. So if you get a couple, you'll cover yourself for the year. You can get more and give them away as gifts. It really is. Um, I'm a designer. That's my, my background. So this is sort of my, my masterpiece, this thing that I, I think you're going to love. It's, it's really well designed. It's really um, well put together. So if you're a paper person, I would go grab a paper copy. So that's what I've got to say about that. You can go to theflowplanner.com and that will link you up to the place where you can head on over to Kickstarter and pick which version you want. All right. That is, I think, all I have to say. And now I want to more officially and properly introduce Marie. So Marie Levy-Papst is founder and life balance consultant at Create Balance. She teaches overwhelmed parents who are struggling to balance family work and personal fulfillment how to create balance around their own unique essential values, priorities, and personal strengths. She is a mother of two, a lifelong educator, a coach, and a writer, and 
Uh, you'll hear that I am recording this episode sort of out of my normal rhythm because I was introduced to Marie a couple weeks ago. We went back and forth and I knew that I had to get her on the show like now. And in speaking to her, I don't think I was wrong. I'm super excited because actually she's kind of a neighbor. She lives just one town over. I'm excited to get to know her, get to know her work, um, and really follow some of her systems. Another thing I just want to point out is that you'll hear that a lot of, we teach similar things. We talk about similar things. We really geek out on this idea of systems and batching. And it's something that I teach and is part of actually the flow planner and something that she talks very eloquently about. But what I want you to notice is that we actually come from very different places. I'm sort of like the artsy, not organized, maybe fought the idea of having a plan kind of girl and ended up here as a way to actually find freedom in my life as a busy mom who wants to get some work done in the world. And she, on the other hand, is very orderly and organized and has always been sort of a systems person, a very good teacher. And we both sort of end up at the same place in different ways. And I, to me, that was one of the most fascinating parts of this conversation. So I hope that you can really find your personality in this and know that these tools really are helpful to anyone. Um, especially if they're they're helpful to me because it's it's not my tendency to want to you know talk systems so with all that said i want to get into this interview and dig in with marie and i hope that you get lots of nuggets that you can take into your week hey marie welcome to this episode of the plan simple meals podcast i'm super excited to have you here today I'm so excited too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so fun. So for everyone listening, Marie, I think technically lives just a couple miles down the road from me, but we've never met and we got introduced in the same way. I've met a lot of people online. So it's cool though, because someday I know we'll probably meet, but here we are having this interview just a few miles down the road, which I think is funny. So exciting. <laughs> um, so tell us how old your kiddos are. So my kiddos, my oldest, my son, he is seven and my daughter is five and she is a ferocious five going on 15. So she keeps me on my toes. Oh my and, God, those um, girls, I swear. It's a thing. <laughs> it's definitely a thing. So, um, and you, you work, like how many hours would you say you put in a week on a given week? Um, so it stays pretty consistent because I try and keep my schedule consistent. I teach community college writing classes as one of my jobs. So that's mm -hmm. two days a week. I am teaching two classes and then working the rest of the day on the teaching part. Mm -hmm. And two to three days a week, I am working on my business, Create Balance. And so I probably put in about 20 hours on each thing on any given week, depending on the time of the semester and also on my client load. Got it. That sounds like super organized. So I'm excited to get into that <laughs> mind of yours today. <laughs> um, just because I, you, I can tell that you walk your talk. So that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> I kind of have to. That's sort of, it's, it's nice to have a business that's about that organized talk because it does keep me going with the systems that I know work. But we all know just because we know something works doesn't mean we always do it. So it's nice to have that accountability too. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I was reading your bio, and I have to say, we're going to get into batching in a little bit because that has been one of my saving graces. So I want to, we, we're going to have to dig into that. 
But what's funny is that one of the things in my life that I batch are these podcast interviews. Um, so usually it's like a full day of interviews for me. And then I have podcasts for, you know, two months. Cause if I've done <laughs> my job well, I've planned out, you know, what's going down and what's happening. And the podcast kind of speaks to that. But a couple things happened. One, we got introduced sort of outside of that season. Um, and two, it's really funny because as I was reading your bio to introduce you, I realized how timely this is. And so how sometimes we're just served up exactly what needs to happen. Because yesterday, I was thinking a lot and talking a lot with my peeps about how we, it, it is such a time where we need to focus on what matters and mm. really figure out what that is. And I think sometimes we think that that's so big that we forget the little details and it's the little details I think that can give us the space to really focus on what matters. So I'm super excited that all that was like part of your bio. Cause I know <laughs> that we can dig and un unfold that. And so not only did I not batch this, I think I'm even going to like push it ahead into the podcast because I think it's such a relevant topic right now. <laughs> That's great to hear. I just say I feel especially honored because I know as a planner myself, the idea of um, messing with the plan for a good reason takes some guts. So props <laughs> for that. All right. Yeah, but it is a good, it's funny because it's, it's not funny at all, actually. No. It's been such a crazy time, time. Yes. Like, I just feel like this is what I was talking about yesterday. It's been like, there was a big hurricane and then there was another big hurricane and mm -hmm. then there was an earthquake. And it just feels like one natural disaster after another. And part of how I keep things simple with kids has been actually to stay a little outside of the media. Um, just because I find that that really drains my energy, but one, I have a teenager now, so he's in it. So it's hard. Right. Like, I feel like I have to be in it to be a, you know, be a responsible, good parent at this point. Mm -hmm. And also it's just hard to stay away from. And so then the reason that I was so into this yesterday was because before I even saw the news a good friend and mentor posted on Facebook that she was safe in Las Vegas and I hadn't even had time to read what had happened yet. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, wow, it's crazy. And then meanwhile, in like the planned sequence of stuff over here at Plan Simple, um, I've been thinking a lot about the holidays because they're coming up fast. And so it's just like this, it just feels like it's such an easy time to let things spiral out of control and <laughs> And forget what really matters. So let's just dive in. Let's 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 dish out your best tools. <laughs> yes. So let's let's let, let's actually start with. Well, no, you know what? Let's start with the why. Will you tell us? Will you take us back a little to why you're so passionate about this topic of creating balance? Um, is it because you've always been balanced, or is there something more beyond <laughs> it? I'd even argue that I'm not technically balanced now because I think that creating balance is a consistent act. And that's one of the things mm -hmm. I, um, I feel like I learned the hard way, which is how we learned most things that are worthwhile. But yeah, so just to take it back for a little bit, why I became passionate about this topic, um, 
I've always been what I term a rampant feminist. So that's a real thing in the sense of I'm very aware of, of a lot of dynamics in the world and social dynamics and gender is just one of them. But this idea of being aware that there are a lot of things that we take as truth that are actually constructed socially, that doesn't make them less impactful or less truthful in our lives, but it does give us a lens to look at them. And so that's something I've had my entire life, even as a child trying to figure out social norms. And I, I say that just to set the stage for what happened for when I became a mother. So I, um, straight out of college, I became a teacher. I, um, I still am a teacher. I taught high school English for 12 years. And I was super passionate about my career. I'm still super passionate about my career. I was very much ambitious in terms of figuring out how to either move up the teacher leadership ladder or be a more impactful teacher. And, um, and then I, my husband and I decided to have kids and it was very exciting. And, um, we also decided that he would be a stay at home dad. It made the most sense for our family. It made the most sense for our personalities. It made this, it made sense financially It worked for us. And so I really thought when I had my son, because my, my spouse was going to be a stay at home parent, I really thought I could do the thing where I had the full career and the full passion for my job and continued on that trajectory and also was, was doing what I wanted to do as a parent. I really thought I could nail that knowing that it was because I had the structure of my partner. And, um, what I found was it was not that clean in a shocking turn of events. <laughs> and, um, so, so what I really found is then of course I went down the rabbit hole that I know a lot of parents go down and that's trying to figure out what, like figuring out work-life balance, figuring out how, like finding work-life balance. These are the terms I kept hearing around, like finding work-life balance, like figuring out work-life balance, being more efficient. Mm. And, um, I was finding that I already was a hyper-efficient person. I literally got an award in kindergarten as the most efficient kindergartner. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, I have all the tools for efficiency and I have the skill set for efficiency and that's part of what I teach, but it wasn't enough. And then I started doing, um, thinking about how to, um, you know, work more, like more concretely and have more boundaries before between work and life. And that wasn't enough. And so I started going down trying to figure out what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I realized that was the narrative in my head is that I was doing it wrong. And that's when I took a step back because that's where the part of me that's always been sort of critical of what's, you know, societal norms and thinking about that stepped back and said, wait a second. It's, it can't be that just I'm doing this wrong. There seem to be a lot of people writing about how to do it right, which suggests that there's a lot of people trying to figure it out. Right. So what's going on here? Um, and so to, to sum that up, I, I guess it really comes back to, I started to figure out systems, not just to fix myself, but to work within structures that existed and to also name my essential values and my family's essential values separately from what was expected of me socially. And that was work in and of itself, but it's been really, really valuable work. Interesting. And and did you find, I mean, so this isn't where I thought I was going to go, but, um, because we've got to get into the systems, but did yeah. you find, so, so I need to know more that, like, we need to know more of that story. So what, so what happened? <laughs> did, did, huh? did, was it, were you able to sustain working in that corporate thing? Did you really switch off or did you end up having to, um, did you ever switch flip flop roles? Like how did yeah. that play out? Yeah. So I had to go. So, so what, um, what really happened? So 
trying to do like the, the short and the sweet, short you know, part of it is I'm a, I'm, I am a talker in case you hadn't figured that out. So anyway, um, but what it really, the, the short and sweet answer is, uh, my daughter was born. So my son was two, my daughter was born and I took extended maternity leave because I did not have a long enough maternity leave the first time. Yep. And during that extended maternity leave, that's when I started to investigate what are the other options out there. And, um, in the process of discovering the other options, I realized that I couldn't pick the right option unless I picked what my values were as a parent and as a professional. Mm -hmm. And so that led to me doing um, a job share for a year. So that meant I worked uh, a couple days a week and then switched off with another teacher. So I worked about the same number of hours, but two to three days a week, I was not on campus, which made a difference. Um, And then I did a year back to full-time and then another year job share. And then I left full-time teaching at a school to do teach a community college and then start create balance. Right. And the reason I was able to do all of those things in each iteration, what I found is that nothing's static. And so that's how I developed the create balance method, which is the primary thing I teach. It's just, it's a six step method system that you can go through again and again, as life changes to realign your time and energy with your values. And those are all the systems. I, that's the system I teach and all the strategy I teach work within that system, all designed to start with what matters most to you and your family. And then how do you set up the time and energy you're spending to match that instead of always just run on the treadmill to put out the next fire. All right. And so are there gems from that? I'm sure that that takes a long time to teach. Are there gems from that that are worth sharing with someone who's trying to figure out, like, I think one of the steps that we sometimes skip is figuring out, like really understanding what matters because of yeah. all those stories that we take in. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's just a hard, especially just even hearing your story and, and understanding that, you know, a dad could stay home and a mom could go, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many of those stories that we're told over and over again. Um, and so really figuring out what matters. So is there any part of that that would really, that could be a simple step that one, someone listening could take? Yes, absolutely. So where I like people to start with this is to start by just noticing too often we jump to I value saying what we value based on what we think we should value. It's so tied up in us. We don't have a chance to unpack it. So you start by just noticing, I have people notice moments of joy. So you literally take two weeks and every day you either write something you're grateful for or a moment you experience joy in that day and you just keep track of it. No judgment, no calling things out. You just track it. Another thing to track is where you're spending your time and what are you spending most of your time on? Again, no judgment, just tracking. And you just start to see these things and then notice where are you finding value? Like, where are you finding moments of joy? And I'll never forget this. The first time I went through this and was figuring out this exercise, I went through the exercise of listing hopes, dreams, plans, and values. So literally it's, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your plans? What are your values? Mm. And, um, you answer those questions. And I, if you do it, you can do it for your whole life in one package. You also can do it for your sort of personal life, your parenting life and your professional life. So you can break it down. And I'll never forget that I did it for my professional life. And I was listing the things I had hopes for and, and dreams for and plans for. And they were all around student engagement and helping students with their writing. And then I hit a point where I thought, oh, I should really add the thing about teaching adults. And I paused. I said, why? And I realized it was because I had been on this trajectory where the way you moved your career forward in the teaching world 
was in becoming a trainer or doing professional development. And so I thought I had to be on that track. And I fooled myself into believing I valued that track more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I'll just never forget that exercise brought into sharp relief that when I started to write that down because I thought I should, it was like a wrench in my gut. And if I hadn't been doing the exercise, I don't know if I would have ever felt that wrench. And so I really love the hopes, um, dreams, plans, and values exercise for highlighting what do we value and then naming what's most essential in this season of my life. Not my whole life, but for the next three months, yep. what's most essential. Um, I love that. I love that because pretty much that feels like what I just created in the flow planner. So I'm really loving yes. that, even the 90-day yes. part. But um, But so for me personally, actually – it's interesting because I've been doing that time tracking mm-hmm. has been a really important part of my past year. Um, as I, it, as I transitioned into a year of a book tour with three kids homeschooling and was uh, realizing, oh my- you know, I realized that I was, I had sort of taken on this thing that I didn't even realize what it was. Um, yes. and, but I, I sort of was going into it and I forgot that like time was changing. Do you know what I mean? And like yes. my day was going to look totally different than how it looked last year. Yet I was sort of making a plan based on how it had looked the year before. Um, and then right now I'm doing that transition again as the kids are all, we're home and the kids are all going back into school and it's the same thing. And it's funny how like as parents and having kids, there's just so many different seasons, and you sort of have to rethink through those things on a regular basis just to make sure that you're spending time in alignment with what actually is going down. That's um, so true. I mean, I just want to highlight, like, I think that that's the thing I, I run into and I ran into personally, but I also just know so many people who run into thinking that there's some elusive fixed version of their life out there they just have to find. And that's not true. We're, it's cyclical. Our lives are cyclical. Our children are always changing. Just about the time you figure out what they need, they need something new. Oh my God, and totally. It's the thing. And so I think that we need to, we, we spend so much time beating ourselves up over what we're doing wrong in the moment instead of, instead of saying like, hey, maybe it's time to step back, figure out what matters. But then we use the same tools, whether it's batching, whether it's ruthless time blocking, which I can talk about, whatever, yeah, whatever the tool, yeah, whatever the tool is, the tools remain the same. The systems and strategies remain the same. What you plug into them changes depending on what season of life you're in. Yeah, totally. And I love that. And the joy thing also, I just want to tell everyone listening, that was also both, it's funny, both of those things have been big recent lessons for me. Um, because what I found, I am 42. Is that how old I am? Yes, I am 42. (laughs) Um, and I've noticed a little bit of a shift in like hormones, um, having had three kids and being 42. And I know anyone listening who's like in their fifties is probably laughing at me because this is what we do or who has older kids, but (laughs) here I am. And I have two, you know, a tween and a teenager and and a young one who's still in her magical phase. But the tween and the teenager are just different to parent than they were two years ago. It's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing that I wasn't finding as much joy. And, um, what was interesting is I did this, I started documenting joy throughout the day. And what I realized is actually, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was experiencing less joy. It was that I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to take it in. And so writing it out is so like, if you ever feel like you're in a funk, 
writing it out is such a powerful thing because there's so many little moments of joy, but because we're so busy, uh, what I was doing was I was just sort of forgetting them or not like fully taking them in. But if I'm just like this observer of my life and my kids and, you know, my clients, there's like thousands of moments of joy in a week, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yes, exactly. But if we don't notice them and our attention's not infinite, right? It gets no. directed whether we, when we can choose to direct it or not. But when we choose to, that's how we maximize time and energy on the things we value. It's not, it's not always through the magic time unicorn, right? right. Magic time unicorn is not showing up. It's right. about how do you intentionally use time, but also how do you very intentionally shift your attention? Yeah. And one of the ways you do that is that tracking. I love that. I just love that so much. Um, all right. So let's talk specific tools because that I think is going to be really helpful. So you mentioned, um, time blocking and you mentioned, what was the other thing we we're going to dive into? You mentioned batching? Uh, batching and I think both of those are great tools. So do you want to tackle one first and then we'll see yeah. the second one? Yeah. And I think they're related too. So I'll see yeah. if I can tie, tie it in a bow because bows are always nice because life doesn't mm-hmm. usually work in bows. Um, I like bows. Yeah. So, um, so, so time blocking, again, none of these are new phenomena and new, new ideas, but I think it's how we apply them that matters. So when I talk to folks about ruthless time blocking, what I mean is once you name your essential values for whatever season of life you're in, you also name what actions or behaviors do you engage in that are tied to those values. So for example, um, I've had several folks I work with talk about wanting really undistracted time with their kids, like where they're really not checking their email or really not checking their phone. And then they will talk about, well, but you know, I have to do this for work before school's out or whatever else is going on. And so what I, what I tell them is you don't have to pick all the time. You pick a few times, small chunks of time, an hour or two here, an hour or two there. And that time you ruthlessly block. So if it's undistracted time with your kids that you value, you turn your phone off or you turn all your notifications off or whatever it is, but not for the whole time, for that time that you're blocking. So ruthless time blocking means you block it off. You say no to whatever's coming into that space. And the way that works best is if it's very structured time. So people who try and do ruthless time blocking 15 hours a week, most of the time it'll fail because that's too much. You have less is more. So, so ruthless time blocking just means selecting a few, um, some amount of time in a week. You take what you think is reasonable, cut it in half and say, this is my time for this thing I value, whether it's time with your kids or time on your work or time on a project or, or time outdoors, whatever it is. And you block it. It means nobody else gets that time. You treat it like you would a doctor's appointment, basically, except it's an appointment with yourself or with your child or whatever. And if you make it small enough, then you will stick with it. And then you know that no matter what else is going on, you've got time dedicated to the things you value. Of course, the flip, of, yeah, the flip of that, of course, this is the flip of maximizing time and energy and what matters most. The flip of that is you have to minimize time and energy on the rest, right? The stuff of life's not going to just go poof because you got more clear on your central values. Um, and so batching is one way to do that. And what I love is it actually ties into ruthless time blocking. So, this idea, just, just like you discussed with the podcast, right? You do a lot, you do one thing, you group a task that's similar with other tasks, you group it together and do it in one block of time. And it's just, it's more efficient. It's less back and forth for your brain, which naturally just makes it easier and easier to get things done. So of course people use this for cooking, right? Meal prep on the weekend is a pretty common thing. Mm-hmm. 
But I also find that sometimes it's nice to do it with stuff that's not as tangible, right? So, so it might even be something like, this is the day that we, um, as a family have all of our quality time together. Like Thursdays is our family quality time. So I work, but I'm home before the kids home, home from school Mm -hmm. and my husband's home. And we just hang out that whole day. And that way I know that that's there, both as ruthless time blocking, but also if there's like special things we want to do, like a trip to the museum, we just plan it for Thursday. We don't have to overthink what day are we going to do stuff. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm just taking this all in because it's interesting for me, um, time blocking, it, it's so, so I, th- and I think what you're talking about is the time that we wouldn't normally put in our calendar. Right. So like the things that are extra that that we really want to make time for because there are values, but we don't always make time for and adding those into our calendar. Um, And it's interesting because I do it for work and family. So I actually try (laughs) to block out my entire days. But what's really important is that that what I'm putting into my calendar is balanced in a way. Um against my values, right? So if I'm in a season of work, it might be a little skewed in that direction. But if I'm in a season where I'm really wanting to connect with my kids, which was kind of all last year, um, then those, that ends up look, that ends up taking up more space. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yes. Because it is, it is a back and forth and it's not, yes. And so, and it feels to me like the things that we might forget are that, that those those quality times with our kids, right? It's so easy to, to forget when we don't have that in our calendar. I feel like it's so easy to say yes to an extra play date or an extra extracurricular, which is actually taking away from what we value. Um, you know, or just saying yes to things that you don't really want to do because we haven't structured, we forget, right? And we're like, oh, we yes. can just do that tomorrow. And so by putting that in, you do it today or whatever the day is that you've decided you're going to do it. Yes. And I think there's something you said, like, it's the, it's the things that can be done anytime or theoretically can be done anytime. Yeah. It's being really selective about what time they're going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and when food matters, cause that's mm-hmm. what I help people a lot with. I think that's Absolutely. another one of those things where batching can be super powerful. Um, but the, again, we have to have, we have to put that in, right. We have to make that a priority. It has to actually end up in our calendar, Um, Because one of the things that I did find as I was talking to so many people was that a lot of times we get stressed out. And if this probably happens in parenting too, that we get stressed out about something that's not really what we're stressed out about. So people thought they were stressed out that they didn't know how to cook well enough or they didn't have a grasp on how to get their kids to eat something because they were too picky or they didn't, you know, they felt like they didn't have enough time to make dinner every night, but it actually had a lot less to do with all those things and more to do with the, well, the last one that there wasn't enough, there actually literally wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like they were thinking that they they would have this dinner, but really in reality, they would arrive home at five thirty and expect dinner to be ready at quarter to six. And that's yes. not enough time if you haven't planned for it. Right. Yes. No, that's exactly it. And it's, it's that idea. We get this false ideal in our head of what it's supposed to be. And I think that that's where we get tripped up so often. Um, and then we also think that someday I'll be able to do that, right? How yeah. much of my sleep deprived newborn years do I spend thinking about someday 
I'd be able to do that. Someday I'd have more time. And I, I keep telling folks like the time unicorn's not showing up. So let's get creative with it. And that's, yes, absolutely. Like with the meals, it gets down to like, what's the simplest, most effective thing I can do. But then also how that's also joyful. Like there's so much joy in that, that we sometimes don't, we miss out on if we don't take the first step. Yeah. And the time unicorn's never coming. And to be honest, I feel like that is the message we're getting like over and over again right now. Like I feel, I feel like that's, someone was saying that like time is the new, like, you know, like that, that idea of time is kind of like the new cancer. Cause it's like that thing that we literally all feel so deprived of, but I feel like all these natural disasters and man-made situations that are happening right now that feel so out of control. Like if we take the bigger lesson in that, it's like today, like do, do the best yeah. today. <laughs> especially yes. with your family, because that will have a ripple effect, right? That will have yes. a ripple effect in our communities. We'll have a ripple effect just to our child's, but it's just, you know, it's amazing how powerful those little things can be. Yes. The little things. Well, and life is what we live. Life is what we do every day, not what we do once in a while. Like that's what it really is. And so how do you build these things into your everyday? Um, not just because you should, but because you want to. And I think that that's a shift too, right? If it's something you value and if it's, you know, if good food and simple food is something that's going to make your life better and or is a value in itself, then then it's just about putting the system in place as opposed to always thinking about some false ideal. Okay. So let's talk briefly to those, like, so I feel like the idea of a system and practice are really important. And I have to fully disclose to you and anyone listening, people who listen long enough have know, know this about me, but I actually was not that kindergartner who got any <laughs> awards for organization. In fact, for any more than me. Yeah. in fact, I went through sort of mainstream school. I don't even know how I made it through all that, but really actually didn't find my place until art school. So I've actually have this very creative mind that isn't natural. There's something about like clean spaces and minimalism that I'm drawn to, Mm -hmm. but it's not my natural. Like, so this whole planning thing isn't what I'm naturally drawn to, but it's what I need. It's like, it's the structure I need to actually be able to thrive and actually be able to, to do things a little bit differently. So sometimes I think people think structure means like rigid and, you're never going to do anything differently and it's so unfun and you just want to be more fly by the seat of your pants kind of mom. But I've actually found that I actually can show up and be a better fly by the seat of my pants mom if Mm -hmm. I have a lot of these systems in place and practice them on a daily basis. Is that what you like? Yeah. Is that what you find? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, And the real question just becomes for folks of different styles, how much of the system is um, a, a broader structure, right? So some folks are, think, some folks do better with, here is my work time, here is my play time, here is my parenting time, whatever those times are, and they're pretty open and they make the decision in the moment yep. about where to, what to do with those spaces. And other folks who are probably more on my end of the spectrum, more like, I want to know, I want the list of what I'm doing in that moment a week ahead of time. And both sides work, both ways work. It's all about, like you said, putting structures around so that you're already planning for whatever time and energy you're using to go to the things that matter most to you more often than not. 
Yeah, exactly. And cause, and what I've found is that those containers just give me the, that that's what allows me at this point in life to have, to have the creativity that I'm searching for and craving because otherwise there's so many things drawing for my, you know, yearning for my attention. <laughs> and it's so easy to just go to those things. And it's usually my work when I'm supposed to be with my kids and my kids when I'm supposed to be with my work, you know, and, it, and then there's me, right. Who yes. needs self-care too. And so it's just sort of like, you always feel like the other things pulling until you make those boundaries and can be really clear about it. Cause I think part of it is our own lack of clarity yes. um, in a given situation. Cause if yeah. I'm wishy-washy and trying to get some work done and, and a child's coming to me, I'll just go to the child, right. And not do the work. And likewise, if I'm with my child and somebody's texting a thousand times, I'll answer the text. If I'm not totally clear that that's my hour with my child. Yes, exactly. Well, and this is a thing that's so counterintuitive on the surface, but I mean, any research you, you read about creativity and how our brains work, and there's a great book, um, Uncovering Genius, about the MacArthur Award winners, like the Genius Award winners, mm-hmm. and you look at these patterns among these creative geniuses, and they've all got routines. They've yeah. all got super structured routines that, that create the containers that allow for their creativity. And yeah. I really believe that most of our work uh, most those of us who do creative work, and I think all of us do creative work at some level, truly. Yes. And parenting is creative work and our own creative lives. We do ourselves a disservice if we don't build containers for that to happen. Because if we don't build the containers, it'll just wither away into the someday. And I yes. think the containers allow that day to be today. Yes. And, and parenting, I feel like, is the ultimate. Yeah. Excuse isn't the right word, but it, it is for some. Like it is sometimes like we use that, right? That this is just the way it is to be a parent. It's, it's busy and I'm always driving the carpool and I never have time for this or me or whatever, because I'm doing all these things that are parenting. Right. And I think it's time to question that because no, maybe it's not right. You know? Well, and question it, but also figure out the tools. And that's why I find things like ruthless time blocking or batching or any other myriad of tools, what they help us do is, is not just get off the treadmill, but yep. start to control the treadmill. Start yep. to, I, we, we get to program the treadmill instead of letting it program us. Okay. So we've named a couple things. We've named, um, documenting joy. We've <laughs> named keeping, you know, keeping a journal of your time. And I think both those things are super helpful just to understand where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about naming your values um, figuring out what those are for this season of your life. Um, and those can totally change, right? Uh, throughout Absolutely. the year, throughout your life, however often you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about ruthless time blocking. And um, what was the fifth thing we talked about? We talked batching. about batching. Oh, yes. How can we forget? Batching was the whole point. <laughs> we've talked about <laughs> batching. So, so for anyone who's hearing all those things, I think one of the things I talk a lot about is doing sort of the next doable step um, because I find that sometimes there might be someone listening who's like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. So I'm going to go do everything. Um, And what I have found in my own life is that when I do that, sometimes it goes great, but then sometimes it goes great and then I get a sick child or I get a big work project or something happens and then it sort of all fizzles away. So how do you tap back into these tools? Like, do you have any advice for starting and then what that practice, how do you, how do you make this a practice? 
Yes. Okay. So here's the create balance method. I'm going to, I'm going to go through it. Bullet. I'm going to bullet point this because this is how I live. I live by bullet points. Okay. And you're good Uh, that we're going a little bit longer than 30 minutes, but that's totally fine with everyone listening because I think everyone's going to love this, but I just, that's good with you, right? Yes. I'll okay, be very, I, I will promise to be quick and bullet. No, no, pointy. don't. No, I love it. I love it. All right. um, so, so the way the create balance method works is it's, a, it's literally a cycle you repeat. So this idea is that at some point you're going to get thrown off. It's going to be a sick kid. It's going to be work got really busy, but you need to re then you need to realign whatever it is. Cause life is like that. That's what life is. And we should, we, we want to embrace that, not resist it. So what you do is you start with the naming your essential values, and that's the tracking your time, tracking joy, the hopes, plans, dreams um, list. That's what that is. You name, and then you name your essential values. I limit people to three. You may have three values for the next three months that are the most important things to you. And there can be one for work, one for home, one for parenting, or one that covers all three. I will tell you that at the start of this year, given everything going on in our country, my essential value for the start of the year was compassion. And how can I put compassion into every area of my life? Uh, So that's, that's what you start with essential values. And do you run this by your spouse? Um, yes. Okay. And he usually rolls with it because that's the awesome person he is. But (laughs) I, I, um, yes, but I also know people, in fact, I have a friend I was just chatting to chatting with about how they actually have like a family meeting every, like every, they do it every month. They're really, really cute. And I love that. I'm not there yet, but they actually talk about these things as a whole family. Yeah. We actually had a fabulous episode about the family meeting, which I will put in the show notes for everybody. Cause it was, it was with, um, Kate Stillman and it was just fascinating to hear how regular that is in her life. So I encourage everyone to go listen to that. That is awesome. Um, if that's something. And the, cause the one thing I was going to say about values is whenever I notice that we're fighting or, you know, about something or not agreeing on something, my spouse and I, I notice that it's about that. You know, like if I really dig deep and one of the big ones that came up for us, and then I'm gonna let you keep going through your system is, is this idea that he used to always nitpick all of us about like, I didn't put something in the recycle or the compost that was supposed to be there. And it just, I realized one day that I was taking everything personally. And so I would always like fight back. But what I realize now is that it's one of his core values and it was just not a practice that was part of my upbringing. Um, I grew up in the South. We didn't even have recycling. Like it just wasn't something that was like in my practice. And so that, but the second I was able to detach from that and realize it was one of his core values, it made me even more motivated to do it and to not take offense when I did it wrong. So I think it's really important to sort of understand who, everybody's core values. Yes. Well, and nothing brings your values into sharp relief like somebody else's. Right? Because yes. we think others are the way they are until we see a different version. Exactly. Yes. All right. So keep going. So values. No, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So, so then what you do is you set up a plan to maximize the time and energy on those values and minimize time and energy on the rest. So that's where you set up your plan for where are you going to have some serious time blocking around those essential values? What are you going to say yes to in the next three months? And what are you going to say no to in the next three months that line up with those values? So that's where the time blocking comes in. Sometimes I have folks actually make a weekly plan that's sort of an overview of the week with lots of white space where they can fit it in that matches, okay, where am I going to spend time in the next uh, weekly, but just for the next three months? Yeah. 
And then, um, and then you minimize time and energy on the things that matter less. So you name a few things that are in your way right now and you figure out how to minimize them. Sometimes that's saying no to them or just not doing them for an extended period of time. Sometimes it's batching, right? Sometimes it's batching. Sometimes it's about just taking things off your mental load by delegating them to somebody else, whatever it might look like. Um, so then you do that and then you live that, you live that out Mm -hmm. for a month or two, depending on where you're at. And then something happens or it's just been a month or two or three and you stop and you reflect and you go through it again. You stop and you gather what's going on, like tracking your time, tracking what's bringing you joy now. And then you reassess those essential values and then reschedule your weekly plan reschedule your ruthless time blocking. Um, and again, I find three months, I'm sure just like you, it works well both seasonally, but also it works well if you're stuck with a school year for kids. A lot yeah. of it ties into, you know, our summers look drastically different than our September and Octobers yeah. and different things have to come rise to the surface. And this allows for us to readjust our schedule and our time, not to match some arbitrary sense of what should happen, but for what our family actually needs. Yes. Okay, and then the only thing that I would add to that, just because, and I don't know if this is just my personality, is that I can see failing <laughs> before three months happens. Yes. Um, and so in that case, I just take a deep breath and start over because to some extent, I mean, not start over from the beginning, but just start over like on step three or four of just using those tools and showing up to time block and all that kind of, all the little things that map back to my value for that time. Right. Cause I imagine that stuff comes up all the time. Of course. Stuff and it's comes so up easy yes. to knock, it's so easy to get knocked out of that. And so we really have to show up on a daily basis to it. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons the weekly plan is so effective for folks is that it, it, it's a restart every week and it's a restart yeah. every day. My Tuesday yesterday did not go as it was supposed to go for a myriad of reasons. Um, there was a lockdown at my son's school. Like there was all kinds of stuff going down. Tuesday did not go the way it was supposed to go. Tuesday is also a day when I batch a lot of work that has to get done around the house. Guess what? It didn't happen. You know, what's going to happen next Tuesday. There's an automatic restart in the system. And I think that's another reason that the containers work so well. And I'm sure it's the same way for meals. So the week got thrown off. So the weekend meal prep didn't happen the way it was supposed to, or the, the shopping didn't happen the way it was supposed to, you get a reset and it's never all done. Yeah. And I think it's just important to acknowledge that, um, and make sure that you're taking seriously that it is a reset versus a like redo or whatever. There's some mindset I think that has you stop taking your calendar seriously, I guess, or stop taking what you put down seriously. And I think it's that we always have to know that we have to show back up to it. Um, and that yes, days can go awry, but then we can get back to it. And then we tap back into this system that the reason it's so beautiful is because it is a system and it will get us back on track. Exactly. And the thing I tell folks is your to-do list is not your self-worth. Yeah. And we need to start separating those two things. Your to-do list is not your self-worth. It's a list that keeps that stuff out of your brain so you can put your mental energy on the things that matter most. And yeah. so what you cross off it has nothing to do with your self-worth. It just has to do with how much you were able to get to that day. That is it. And But breaking that cycle 
is its own challenge. Yeah. And one of the things that I do is so in actually in the flow planner, I hugely believe in having that mind dump. So, which I think ends up, which people end up thinking is their to-do list, I think, but I think it's right. So I think it's really important to get everything out of your head and onto paper in like all those areas that you were talking about, your work, your parenting, your you know, your life, right? Like you have to make sure you're getting everything out of your head. But that's like, that is a, like, if you just do that and sit with that for the day, you pretty much don't even, I feel like have to action on anything right away. It's just a relief to get it out of your head. Yes. And then you go pick like the meaningful things, right. To add to that week that actually map back to your values, because a lot of those things in our heads are just old stories. Like I have to scrapbook my entire basement so that my kids have books when they're grown up. (laughs) That might actually be someone's values listening. And if it is, then that's great. But for a lot of us, that's just like clutter and worry that I I don't need to do that. I, you know, I might never do that. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. That's, that's so, so true. It's, it's, and you have to get out of your head to see that. And I think any system, just like that out of your head list, the system should be a place for you to rest on and use. It's not how, how well you quote unquote, keep up with the system says a lot more about the system than it does about you. Yeah. And if that's not working, then you need to shift something about the system. Yeah. All right. So Marie, I could literally talk to you for five days. So maybe we have to have you back on at some point because literally we could just keep going. This would be fun. I also feel like I could just talk for five days, which I know is its own thing. So thank you so much for having me on today. This has been fantastic. Oh my God, I love it. So, so tell listeners how they can, the best way to get a hold of you, learn more about what you do, read your stuff, whatever the best thing is. Yes. So you can find me at Create Balance. The website is www.createbalancedlife.com. Dot com and plastered all over the website. You can download a uh, planner that has uh, tools for essential values and then using that to actually plan out your weeks and your to-do lists. Oh, and cool. I also, um, I run a community on Facebook that you can find through my website. The community is pretty lovely. And uh, especially if I have a lot of folks who are local to the Boston area there, as well as around the country. So feel free to join us there. Awesome. So thank you so much. And then you're not getting off the hook with the question I ask everybody, which I think I forgot to tell you about, but maybe you know, which is tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you. And it could be because of the food, the company, or some big aha you had while sharing that meal. Yep. So, um, I, food is a huge part of my life. I'm actually vegan. Our family is vegan. So no dairy, meat, eggs. I, I didn't even know that. Do you know that all of our stuff is vegan? I did know that, which is why I was like extra, extra excited to talk to you. Oh, that's um, funny. Like it's, I'm like, hey, A, I don't have to say what vegan, well, I do, but anyway, but I won't say what vegan is and slash people get it. Um, yeah. So, but my um, a meal that really stuck with me was the first Thanksgiving we had at our, at our house after our son was born because our family's across the country. So I just remember cooking, um, the massive, uh, seitan roast with my husband and roasting all the vegetables and just realizing that this was our, our family. And that this meal was sort of this, for this moment, this defining moment of like, we are now our own little family unit in a way we had not been before. And so ever since then, that's actually probably the most, we don't eat seitan a ton, but man, we have a massive seitan roast every Thanksgiving now and we have it just the four of us, just our, just the four of us enjoying that meal. Um, it's always very exciting. And then, of course, the leftovers are amazing. I love that. That's awesome. It's funny because we, 
we started rolling vegetable sushi was our first Thanksgiving that we figured out because we're like, what do we do with no turkey? (laughs) It really is like a challenging thing. I know sushi is a favorite in our house as well. And my kids basically will only have it with cucumber and avocado. Like I try and do cute stuff and they're like, no. Yeah, we we have a similar situation, but on Thanksgiving, like we get kind of decadent. So even if the kids just eat cucumber and avocado, that well, my cucumber and avocado, that well, my.
remember an avocado that well